Just a quick note before the episode begins, the PIP podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a doctor or health professional. Welcome to the PIP podcast, where we speak unapologetically about everything that affects people with uteruses. Funky poops, periods, chronic pain, you name it, PIP is here to talk about it all with plenty of laughs. So let's get Pippin. Hello and welcome back to the Pip Podcast. I'm your host, Veronica. I'm your host, Amanda. Today we have our last guest of 2023. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> and I think she's a pretty special guest because she happens to be my little cousin. Yeah, she's not so little anymore. <laughs> Definitely not a little cousin. <laughs> no, she's like she's a grown-up adult. adult. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll always be little to me. She's really yeah. cool, though. No, she it is. was great to meet her. Caitlin is, um, yeah, my cousin Caitlin. She's coming on to chat about her own experience and story with Crohn's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my whole family is uh, from Northern Ontario, so we'd always go up, especially as kids, like a few times a year. And hang out with all of them and see them all, especially around like the holidays and in the summer. And she was always just like my little puppy when we'd be there because she was like she's like two or three years younger than me. So she was always like my little puppy dog <laughs> when we'd be there. So Oh man, the good times when you were a kid and like that's what you would do. Just like hang out with your family over the summer holiday or break holidays from school. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she's going to come on and talk to us. So um, yeah, my cousin, her name is Caitlin Morin and she has moderate to severe Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. She Which was is an inflammatory bowel disease. Yes. And it causes chronic inflammation of your GI tract, which we learn goes from mouth to butthole, yeah. hole to hole, as we Fucks have coined. From hole to hole. Yeah. So she is going to tell us about how, you know, her life is with that diagnosis leading up to it, her diagnosis story. We'll get a little bit of family lore in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think honestly, without further ado, let's just go straight to our episode with her. Cause we talk about a lot of stuff and yeah, we don't have Crohn's such a or good IBD, episode. So yeah. Let's just let her do the talking. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So with further ado, here is our episode with my little cousin, Caitlin. Enjoy. Enjoy. Today, we have a super special guest, my baby cousin, (laughs) not a baby anymore, but my little cousin, Caitlin, who's joining us. She has Crohn's disease, which she was diagnosed with in 2021 and so she's here to talk to us about her story with Crohn's and a little bit about IBD more in general um because Amanda and I have talked about IBS but IBD is super different so yes having more of a lived experience expert on the pod so welcome to my cousin Caitlin (laughs) hello hello (laughs) thanks for coming on yeah, thanks for having me, ladies. Absolutely. So I guess before maybe you give yourself a proper intro to everybody, we should maybe outline our family lore so people don't get confused if we start talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Agreed. 
Caitlin and I are related because our moms are sisters. They are five children. My mom is the middle child. Your mom is the youngest. And so, yeah, they are sisters. They're both crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Uh, So is our, our, just every female in our family. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. 100%. Um, and they just all decided to have fucking chronic illnesses. <laughs> um, migraines being probably the most predominant one. Yeah, Problems definitely. With, uh, uteruses and ovaries. A lot of people have had hysterectomies in this side of the family. Yes. So wonder we are the way that we are. But that is how we were related. So if we start bringing stuff up, I'll also say our words for family members are not real words. <laughs> <laughs> they're thanks made up they're made up actually thanks to jeffrey our oh, okay <laughs> he was the one who said gammy and he was the one who said pear so grant gammy for grandmother pear for grandfather and he couldn't say taunt so he said taunts plural for a singular person yeah. So my mom is Tount Sandra. She's the yeah. only one that doesn't get the S because then you'd have an S and an S and it's even more yeah. confusing. And Caitlin's <laughs> mom is Tount Agel. But if you're saying, you don't just say like, oh, Tount Agel, blah, 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 blah. You'd say, hey, Tounts, plural. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> let's get the confusing lingo out of the way. Yes, definitely. We are, my sisters and I use Tounts though. Like, for our niece and nephew, but he currently says Tata and Tata because he can say Towns and he knows that we're actually Town Veronica and Town Victoria. But he ha- told me recently, mine doesn't want to call you Towns yet. Mine still wants to call you Tata. So, but we still go that by that. Um, and my mom goes by Gammy. So she, she, we, we kept on to those. You guys are keeping words. it. <laughs> yeah, my mom as well. She goes by Gammy. So they're, they're keeping it. But That's do you so know cute. Towns or does she or do they call you aunt? Do you want to know what they call me? They call me Kata. <laughs> they do because, like just straight up. Yeah, because Weston was so, so close in age almost, right? Like he I was 14 when he was born. So like we kind of grew up together. So he always yeah. just heard me being called Kata and that just kind of st- uh, stuck uh after that. Silver kind of same thing, like Count Kata sometimes, but it's it's mostly Kata. It's only in formal situations they use towns. Okay. Because like our cousin Kendra, for example, she goes by like Auntie Kendra. She doesn't go by towns. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. The boys don't. Yeah. I've heard the boys say Auntie Kendra and I was like. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's weird, right? Whoa. I would never go by Auntie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Towns only. So now also to for listeners, but especially Amanda, if we start saying people's names. And you're hearing a tounce in front. <laughs> That's why. That so, I did know, though, because of yes, Miles. Because he was like yes. your bread and butter. Like he the is. first time we met, that's all we talked about was our nephews. My little baby. <laughs> and like, look at them. They're so cute. Yeah. Amanda also. It's like a badge. <laughs> it is. But Amanda also doesn't go by an auntie. She also has no, like a, a made up word. Yeah. So. We're well, I don't know made up aunt crew. It's Dita. I don't even know where it came from because it was like auntie duh and then it was like tita because my name's amanda and it's really hard for kids to say yeah so yeah that's where it came from and i really hope he never stops calling me that i don't want him to be like 14 years old and like be like aunt amanda i would hate yeah, that right it would kill me it would crush me 
even yeah, like definitely. the word even like taunts like I know he'll come to a time where he doesn't call me Tata yeah. anymore and that's gonna hurt that's gonna crush me like when yep. he told me not that long ago that he didn't want to call me Tata, he wanted to keep a touch I was like absolutely <laughs> yeah you're like it's fine Vanessa will be like oh go see like she won't re- she'll still sometimes say Tata but she's been trying to like enforce Towns on him like oh Towns is calling her Towns go talk to Town Veronica and he's like who the Tata. fuck no Tata, <laughs> <laughs> it's Tata. That's, that's all it's Tata that's yeah. it and I'm like thank <laughs> god I don't he's I'm like I I want him to call me Tata forever I know he probably won't, but I'm like, I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I can. Oh, hold on to it. Weston is 14 now, and it's, like, mind-blowing to me. Yeah, they he's don't 14. even care about you anymore. They're like, no, I don't want to like with my friends. Cool. Oh, <laughs> and he was, like, so about hanging with family, and now it's it's totally friends. So He's 14? Uh, yes. Isn't that crazy? I, rem- I remember when Jessica found out she was pregnant. I don't know. I feel like that wasn't that long ago. Very <laughs> I guess it was. Time flies. Oh, yeah. man. Well, all of that preamble out of the way. Yes. Welcome to my cousin, Caitlin Warren. Please better introduce yourself. Yeah, let us know a bit about you. I'm going to pretend I don't know your whole family. I'm going to pretend I don't know anything that you're about to say. Like, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I didn't know that. (laughs) Wow. I'm so surprised. Yeah, so as you have said, my name is Caitlin Morin. I'm 27 years old. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 25, um, but had symptoms for over 10 years before that, probably since birth, actually. Um, and yeah, I right now I'm just working as a chiropractic assistant at a wellness center, loving that. And uh, when I'm not working or volunteering with Crohn's and Colitis Canada, I'm usually camping with family it's like my number one yeah they're campers yeah big campers big rock collecting camping family (laughs) and they're (laughs) also obsessed with halloween yes very much so anything spooky anything spiritual all about that and i definitely get that from from gam for sure yeah yeah she's into all of that witchcraft fun stuff yeah yeah we uh, said she's like actually a witch yeah oh 100 she's a witch (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, so she, our grandmother very recently moved into, uh, it's not an assisted, what is it called? Like a nursing home? Like a retirement it, home. Yeah, it'd be, well, it'd be more of a nursing home because of um, the care that they receive. I worked at yeah, a retirement okay. home and that's more just like someone going and living yeah, there. Living so like chilling with people their age. Yeah, basically. not yeah. as much assistance, um, mm-hmm. but this is actually like full on uh, 24 hour care. Yeah. So, and that was like really recently, like, like yeah this this within the past i don't know i think she's only been there for maybe like four or five months in the summer i want to say about five yeah about five months so and then our moms and our other aunt were cleaning out the fucking house and i was like holy shit who's gonna take all of her like stuff like her like oracle stuff so i messaged caitlin and i was like do you have gammy's tarot deck in particular she's like yeah it's like ancient this thing and I all my memories of a kid is her doing readings at the kitchen table in her old house and uh she's like yeah of course don't worry but then our other aunt (laughs) got donated some boxes of different goodwills with all of her like oracle books and stuff I was like low-key pissed but I was kissed as Caitlin it was an accident 
I was yeah. I was definitely heartbroken, but it was an accident. They were just trying to get it done in one day, and they had loaded a box into the car that was going to Goodwill. Yeah. Um, that wasn't supposed to go to Goodwill. Yeah. It was supposed to go to me. So it happens. That shit. And there like cool wild. stuff in it. Honestly, though, yeah. like I got the tarot deck and that was like the most important to me and yeah. a couple of her books and the tea leaf reading book, which I was so excited to have. So, yeah, mm. she's like, I when actually I think we might be the only two when we both turned like 18, we got sat down by her and she was like, yep. blah, 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 it's like all this to, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and like did like numerology charts and so she's like are you yeah. going to be doing these things and I was like I don't fucking know I'm 18 <laughs> she did it she did it with Joey too and honestly I think it was like for me it was just immediate I know that you guys kind of got into it a little bit later but for me it was just immediate because uh, I was in a really abusive relationship at the time and the devil had popped up and I was like I'm a believer <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally literally yeah so wow. yeah yeah she also didn't she also foretell that you were gonna get sick she told me several times that if I moved to Ottawa and I ended up in the hospital, that they were not going to help me. And yeah, basically, basically told happened. me I was going to get sick and I got sick immediately when I went yeah. to Ottawa. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, remember. It, so she mentioned that you lived in Ottawa. Can you? Yeah, yeah tell us a little bit about that. Because that ties exactly. Tell in the future her diagnosis <laughs> exactly. So yeah, tell us about your like for like leading up your formal diagnosis, and also the fact that now everyone knows our grandmother is also psychic. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So cool. <laughs> it is really cool. I mean, yeah. unfortunate for myself, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. It's shitty that that happened to you, but Gammy was right. She was. Gammy she was always right. is. She's always right. Listen she to her. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Again, I've I've been experiencing symptoms kind of since birth. Like I was born with eczema. I, ha- I was really like colicky baby. My mom said uh, insomnia, etc. You were. I was apparently. <laughs> you were. No, you, you came out in a rage. <laughs> I came out in a rage. Well, your now skin's on for, fire and you're screaming. Yeah. Well, now working for a chiropractic office too, like you kind of see what goes on in like the gastro part of it, right? Of like the babies mm-hmm. being colicky and stuff. So, um, but yeah, so symptoms kind of since birth around 14, I was having uh, a lot of rectal bleeding and uh, was terrified. Um, and I ended up going to mm-hmm. the clinic a bunch of times, like kind of from 14 to like 18, going to clinics and they just kind of it was always a male doctor and it was kind of just like very misdiagnosed where like they take a quick peek at the area and then kind of move forward and just say, Oh, you probably have internal hemorrhoids. That's why you're bleeding. And that was it. Um, further from that, it kind of just um, was when I moved to Ottawa. So in 2020, two days before we went into the first emergency lockdown, I signed a lease to go live with my brother and my boyfriend at the time in Ottawa and that was just kind of done via zoom and then two days later again we go into the lockdown I kind of have no choice move over there and I was like so excited before all the pandemic stuff right I like had just graduated gerontology from Laurentian and was super pumped to go over there work in the retirement homes as like an activity aid and uh yeah so I was uh went over there and uh unfortunately was very stressed out because I didn't uh get into my field all of the activities were being shut down for the older mm-hmm. adults. So unfortunately I didn't get a job. Yeah, in it was like complete lockdown, like all the activities. Complete lockdown for them. They, so they weren't hiring activity aid. They weren't hiring anyone. Mm-hmm. Everything was locked down. They weren't even doing the activities, as I said. 
Um, and then, yeah, I just started getting really sick. There was a point where I could keep nothing down. I had diarrhea like five to 10 times per day. I was losing wow. a lot of weight, but then if I felt better, I was gaining weight very quickly. So I'd, mm -hmm. I'd lose 30 pounds and then gain it back um, very, very quickly. So and like again, literally yo-yoing? Just yo-yoing. And a lot of the times with Crohn's disease, they think like people are like 90 pounds because they can't keep anything. But again, I was sometimes, you know, 50 pounds overweight because of it, mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't necessarily like in a flare or having those uh, moments. Right. So I was in and out of these flares, which I now know at the time, but. Well, it can do with like inflammation nothing. too. Right. And like also yeah. like your inability Loading. to absorb nutrients. like Exactly. Deficiencies. Exactly. Right. So. Um, so yeah. And then what happened was in 2021 in February, I had an abscess, which sorry to go back. I, I've had an abscess before I had it in 2017 and, um, they had just done a, a, a surgery procedure called an incision and drain. Um, for those of you who don't know yeah. what an abscess is, it's a pocket of pus is what it is. Uh, kind of like a cyst. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had it in the perianal area. So that was not fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. had went there in 2017, uh, to the hospital and they had done the incision and drain with, I will say no freezing, which is what? super crazy for them to do. Yes. Multiple times I've had incision and drains done with no freezing whatsoever. The Their fuck? excuse to that is that fuck the freezing that. needle is going to hurt more. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like <laughs> do what you need to do because having they didn't put you out knife, or anything. No, just a knife, knife to the butt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, with an abscess, you. you can't just um, go on antibiotics. Unfortunately, it won't get the infection out of you. So what they need to do is essentially cut the infection out of your skin. So that's oh. what they had done for me in 2017. So in 2020, that was another hospital visit for me. I kind of just thought maybe I had food intolerances with all the stuff that was happening to me, like um, mm -hmm. with my bowels. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think anything of it. Um, but when the abscess came back, I was like, oh, okay time to go to the hospital um because I've done this before and I need to I know that they need to get it out of my body because again you can go um septic you can yeah you know it's very scary to to be living with that infection so yeah you can get like a I blood infection one. if you don't treat it too yeah it gets it gets very serious so um I knew I had to go to the hospital but again I just moved to a new city it's a pandemic going to the ER was not um ideal for me but I had to do what I had to do so I had went there by myself because they would not allow um, anyone to come in with mm -hmm. you at that time. No. And uh, yeah, I had an incision and drain done there as well. Again, no freezing. And um, yeah, just I went back a couple times actually because they had done the procedure wrong and there were still pockets of pus, unfortunately. Oh uh, so they kept cutting the same area again without freezing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> oh my, that was my god! What's like the recovery process after that too? Like, do they give? So, in 2017, when I first had the abscess, they actually did um packing. If you guys know what that is, so they yeah, no. yeah so essentially, again, they they drained the um the infection out of it, but um to collect all the because it's still gonna drain, right? So to yeah. collect everything else, they would pack it with gauze, and my mom actually did that for me for about two weeks and that was actually my first like family trip with my boyfriend at the time <laughs> and my mom just had me like spread eagle every couple hours if I went to the washroom like I had to take it out even if mm -hmm. it was just a pee I had to take out the uh the gauze so then I would clean up the area <laughs> spread eagle for my mom while she packed the gauze into my butt 
<laughs> so that was fun. But uh, they actually stopped doing that. So when I went back in, <laughs> when I went back in 2021 to the hospital, um, they just let it kind of drain from there. They don't do the packing anymore. I'm not too sure mm. why they don't do it, but probably foreign objects um, in the area. Not good. So yeah. they yeah. just stopped doing that. So yeah, that that was kind of my experience over there. They didn't help me um, except for doing the incision and drains. And every time a doctor came in to see me, the first question was, do you have Crohn's disease? And I said, no, not that I know of. Um, but that is one of the big symptoms is oh, anyone can have an abscess, but if an abscess keeps coming back, mm-hmm. it's a big red flag. It's, it's usually um, a sign of perianal Crohn's disease. Yeah. Okay. So, and there's like different types of Crohn's disease. Um, more specific to like where it's affecting you. Um, mm-hmm. for okay. the inflammation. So I have Crohn's disease, but then I have what they call like perianal disease on top of that. So that just means that there's a lot of inflammation around my anus, and that's where a lot of um, a lot of the problems tend to happen. So you get like abscesses, fistulas, uh, fissures, and just a bunch of stuff like that. Holy shit, that sounds so painful. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And and again, it takes a, a big And like toll going on, like, back mental. over and over again. And yeah, you're alone. Sure. In and Ottawa. especially alone. Yeah, especially alone. Like I think I went, I want to say 10 times. There was 10 times yeah. that I was just sitting at the emerge. And then finally my parents had come down to try and like see if they could. I don't know. Sometimes your parents think that like if they're in the room, the doctors might act I actually might- remember towns going. Like when she was like, my mom's like, yeah. yeah, Caitlin's so sick in Ottawa and Towns is going to drive down there. And I remember, I actually remember yeah. her telling me that. Yeah. And then they had brought me to the hospital and I freaked out because the person next to me had COVID. And again, it was such a, and thinking that I'm immunocompromised. Yeah. I was terrified. I ended up leaving. And uh, a couple months later, I ended up moving back home. And that was to get the help from my parents because I couldn't do it by myself anymore. It was just, again, I was in a city. It was my first time ever moving. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was so scary for me. So hospitals so overrun too. It is. It is. Like, and I, I ended up having great. a lot of um, like students coming in and it was just, mm-hmm. again, like, unless you were dying in that moment, they weren't helping you because of the pandemic right like unless you had COVID and you were struggling or again it was such an emergency situation they weren't really helping you it was just like a quick here you go you're going back home you're fine you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. so I was like okay I gotta go because I was talking like via zoom with my family doctor but Mm -hmm. there wasn't much that he could do from Sudbury because I was living in Ottawa I still kept him um because there was obviously no doctors accepting new patients at that time it was so Mm -hmm. so oh I have my family doctor in Kingston because I'm not giving them up that's just it I can't get a doctor right yeah exactly so yeah then I had moved back um to Sudbury and uh immediately had a doctor's appointment with my family doctor and he referred me to a gastroenterologist and that's when I got my diagnosis. They had uh, done some MRIs, some CAT scans, and a colonoscopy. And the colonoscopy had um, diagnosed me. It, it said that I had Crohn's disease um, in my small intestine. And yeah, that's that's where I am today. <laughs> After all that, yeah. Can you? Okay, so can you maybe define for us, even just in your own words, like what mm-hmm. Crohn's disease is, and mm-hmm. then. Why is it typically grouped with colitis? Yeah, so 
Crohn's disease is a type of uh, IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. Um, ulcerative colitis is the other type. Um, so it's just Crohn's and colitis for the two. Uh, the difference is where the inflammation is. Um, with ulcerative colitis, I want to say, I don't know too too much about it. I haven't really researched much, but I want to say it's only in the large intestine and it's um, mm -hmm. like specific to that area. So a lot of the times people with ulcerative colitis can like get the area surgically removed and then they have a bag and then I'm assuming they feel a little bit better. I, I think it's still, um, again, it's not a cure. I think you still yeah. have the disease, but with uh, Crohn's disease, it can happen anywhere from your mouth to your anus. So it's from not specific mouth? on a, from your mouth. It's like any part of the GI tract, right? So um, oh. yeah, with that, you can't just like say it's only my small intestine that has the inflammation they can't just take out the piece of my small intestine and then I'm okay because inflammation can come back anywhere else so um that's the difference between the two and uh both of them IBD are lifelong diseases there are no cures and they are autoimmune diseases so it means that my body is attacking healthy cells essentially look your whole yeah. mouth to butthole that's hole to hole yeah, yeah hold the hole, basically. <laughs> yeah, colitis is from inflammation in the large intestine. It is, okay. From the perfect. colon to rectum, Shit. basically. And then Crohn's is mouth to rectum, essentially. Okay, so yeah, it's it's where it's based, I guess. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. It could, where it could be and where it could spread as far as inflammation. So even for myself, I have um, other manifestation so i have um gerd which is like acid oh, reflux no disease. you can't have yes. tomato sauce or anything tomato worst. yeah there's a lot that i have uh cut out due to that and then i have gastritis as well which is inflammation of stomach lining so again there's inflammation everywhere for me especially with the abscesses too there's inflammation all in like the the perianal area for myself so do they know I'm, my assumption is the answer is going to be no but do they know what causes it outside of genetics yeah the, again they're thinking genetics they're thinking uh hereditary they're thinking environmental like mm. it could be a bunch of things they don't know specifically though at the moment um they are there is a, a project called the gem project that crohn's and colitis is funding right now and it is um about early detection which is oh. uh, the gut. Yeah, it's kind of just like the bacteria in your gut and they kind of just test that. And a lot of the times that can lead to Crohn's disease is just like an off balance of bacteria, like your microbe. Oh. Um, so they, they're they looking into that right now. And and there's a project that's, uh, like I said, being funded by Crohn's and colitis to kind of figure out early detection mm -hmm. and then kind of fixing or treating stuff before symptoms arise from Crohn's. Because with an autoimmune disease, isn't it like it's just a matter of time of when it turns on, essentially, like it's always there. It's just a matter of, you know, what cold or what is going to so like, throat or whatever is going to actually set it off. Correct. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I think from birth, I probably had Crohn's disease. Yeah. But around 16 was like, again, the rectal bleeding. I had like really bad joint pain. You know, but again, I, I worked at Harvey's flipping burgers like eight hours a day and then mm -hmm. I went to university. So I'm thinking I'm just typing away and, and doing my thing. So you don't really mm -hmm. think anything of it. Plus, again, there were so many times that it was just like, well, it is hemorrhoids or it is this because you are so young. And I was just like mind blown at the fact that they don't think that you could be young and still have a disease. It was crazy yeah. how much that was just brushed off because I was 16 to 20, you know. 
that's happens with so many chronic illnesses which is like yeah. i just don't understand why like why they does blame there... it on you being a teen essentially like, yeah. why yeah. does there have to be so much myth busting of like you can have a chronic illness as a teenager like i don't yeah all three of us did yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, we were told that we didn't it was like our teenage angst or whatever exactly oh my god anxiety and this and that, yeah right? so mm-hmm. okay. I don't think anxiety, anxiety is giving you ibs yeah yeah, yeah. And then it's like that's causing the rectal bleeding until literally i had crohn's disease you freaking idiots it's so crazy <laughs> how do crazy, you feel crazy. like do you feel like there's any difference now like post-diagnosis versus pre-diagnosis like we've Mm -hmm. talked a bit um actually the episode that kind of came out today this this morning um recap yeah but amanda and i have talked we were talking a little bit about it in that episode and a few others of how like obviously being diagnosed with a chronicle is not a good thing but Mm -hmm. how the validation of the diagnosis can sometimes help with how you maybe handle it or deal with it or yeah I mean just your like more self-compassion too because you're yeah. like okay this isn't my fault yeah, yeah I, I've our heard last... you guys talk yeah. about that a couple times and I definitely agree with that I definitely think that I the moment I was diagnosed um I actually got the phone call and they did it over the phone at work and I immediately left but I felt um a sense of relief but I was also sad like there was there was mm-hmm. both emotions yeah. there where I was just like I felt so bad for myself but also was like so happy that I wasn't going crazy because as a female especially I think that we are brushed off a lot of the times and Mm -hmm. our pain tolerance is high so if I'm coming to you and I'm saying that I don't feel good and something's wrong I know my body and my pain tolerance is high and you better take me seriously so yeah it it was a lot of validation and it was like a, a joyous moment as well as obviously a very sad moment for myself yeah and did it change like you know, because obviously, too, with the diagnosis, a lot of times, hopefully, ideally comes, like, care with it. Do you, was there like anything you that you. treat yourself differently yeah, now. Was, or, like, for both, like, at home, but also, like, medically, was there anything that came with the diagnosis to, like, help? Just yes, your, like, so... life, day-to-day life? Yeah. Yeah. So um, after being diagnosed, uh, I went on an oral medication right away. I don't remember what it was called or really what it was, but um, I was so new to it. Just took the medication, immediately started more rectal bleeding, like more than I've ever seen and was terrified. Um, That seems counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. Basically peeing peeing blood out of my butt. So that was uh, what happened with me there. And I, I called my doctor's office and they told me to immediately get off of that. So I stopped taking it. Um, and then after that, it was um, a biologic that I had went on, and that's what I'm on right now. Uh, a biologic is a anti-inflammatory medication that you get mm. uh, via IV. So that's what I was doing. It was a, a biosimilar of Remicade, which is like, again, like the strongest of the strongest. And especially to put um, perianal Crohn's disease in remission, you have to be taking a biologic. It's the only medication that might oh, help. Wow. Um, so yeah, I immediately started that as well. Um, and then, uh, immunosuppressants, which I'm still on to this day as well. So oral immunosuppressants I was taking as well and, um, a fistula surgery. So after everything with the abscesses, they kind of did an MRI after that to see, uh, if there was any tunneling. So what happens a lot of times is when you have a pocket of pus, um, there's no way for it to escape because there's no Mm -hmm. hole necessarily like outside of the skin. So what happens is it kind of goes up. 
into your body. So it creates a tunnel from kind of one body part to another body part. Um, so that's Ooh. what they had found. They had found a tunnel um, that connected my abscess, like from kind of like my butt cheek to like inner, like rectal um, area. It's just digging yeah. away. <laughs> it's just doing its thing. So uh, wow. then I had um, a surgery, uh, which is official surgery. They put like kind of essentially like a rubber band type thing through through your anus out um, where the abscess was on my butt cheek. So basically like a loop that was um, elastic and then like tied a bunch of times on the outside. So that is what kept the abscess open, let's say, and the fistula open. So that way it could always be draining pus. Um, so that way I didn't build up another abscess and again, have sepsis or have anything like that, right? They want to avoid the infection sitting in your body. So this allowed at least the infection to be running through my body and me like expelling the infection. Right. Um, so yeah, that had happened for me too. And yeah, just kind of, kind of going with that, getting blood work done, um, Mm -hmm. finding out I had a deficiency. So I'm deficient in vitamin D and vitamin B12. So a lot of the times with Crohn's disease, the small intestine is where you absorb a lot of those nutrients and a lot of those um, vitamins and stuff. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, it kind of just goes through me, doesn't actually sit there and get absorbed because my walls are so inflamed and all that. So mm-hmm. the vitamin B12 is through mm-hmm. an injection. So that way it just goes straight into me, you know, so. Yeah. I used to take those when I first was diagnosed with celiac for a while yeah. until like my nutrients kind of built back up. And before exactly. I was diagnosed with it, they, you, you keep them in your fridge. <laughs> I actually keep it at the clinic now, which I used oh, okay. to like go back and forth, but they keep it at, in their fridge at the, uh, at the clinic. And I just go to a walk-in clinic, uh, once a month and I get, uh, the injection done. That's a lot on you. Like, do you, it's kind of like a personal question, but like, are you expected to pay for like all of these treatments as well? Like what is the actual cost of these? Cause like, there's a lot of people probably with Crohn's ibd in general that can't afford the medication like i will say thank goodness i live in canada i couldn't imagine living Mm -hmm. in the united states and having to pay for everything that i get done and even a hospital visit i'm sure there's many times that i would have just stayed at home and not went to the hospital if i was in the united states um but yeah i said that i immediately started the biologic it actually took a couple months because i was um put on like a trillium drug plan um, I, re- they I remember you going in that. that. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. So they, I got a nurse and then like, um, kind of like a, a specialist assigned to my case, let's say, and they mm-hmm. had helped me fill out all the information. And uh, now, like my, my biologic every infusion costs like anywhere between like 2000 to $4,000, which is just insane. So like I said, imagine oh, living shit. in the United States. Yeah, imagine living in the United States, and you had to pay like four grand per infusion. Um, I but wouldn't. since yeah, that's <laughs> just it. I'm just sure there's it. so many people that just don't go. Well, you can't afford that. that. Like, yeah, that you'd have to be making like a hundred thousand a year to afford your bills and two thousand a month for your biologic. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah it's pretty <laughs> insane. Um, so yeah, they had helped me fill that out, and now the cost of like let's say a four thousand dollar infusion for me is one hundred and fifty dollars. So much more doable Mm -hmm. still not ideal but much Mm -hmm. more doable um yeah and the trillium drug plan still goes towards other stuff as well so like i pay um like a deductible and then um they cover everything else for me so my b12 is usually covered after a certain amount and then uh, same thing with like 
immunosuppressants and any like medication I'm on for like gastritis and GERD and stuff. So mm. yeah. Wow, fuck. That's <laughs> It's a lot of shit. You have to, to have a nurse to help you fill out that trillion benefit form. Cause I'm, I'm wondering too, like people yeah. listening to us across Canada that might be like interested in applying for that benefit so that they could actually afford their meds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a trillium um, drug plan is what it is or the drug benefit. And I'm sure you can find it on um, the Canada website, but uh, I did have, like I said, a, a case worker that helped me fill it all out. They had filled out like most of the information. Then I kind of just put in like my personal information into it mm-hmm. and then they submitted it. And then as long as I do my taxes every year, like that still goes towards it. And they still fill all that out for me with the information that I gave them and kind of just, it keeps going. So it's not something I do every year, which is really, really nice. Yeah. That's nice too. Cause like filling yeah. out those things every year, like that's so mm-hmm. monotonous and exhausting when you're already just like trying to take care yeah. of yourself every day like <laughs> well that's just it like I again I do the uh blood work every six weeks I do the infusions every six weeks and then I do the monthly b12 and then anything else on top of that again I just want to go see like a um, cardiologist like there's so many other doctor's appointments and things to do the weeks are busy <laughs> seriously yeah is there anything that you can do like lifestyle wise I'm like I we don't like you to use that I don't know what else to really say like are there things that you can also be doing that kind of just helps with the influx of medication that you're taking or do you kind of find like it that's it's the the medication that that works not really changes or additions so I will say that unfortunately my medication is not working and I actually just found Oof. that out. Um, yeah, I just found that I thought I was in remission and unfortunately about um, three weeks ago, I was back in the hospital. I stayed mm-hmm. overnight and I had surgery the next day. Uh, my fistula came back uh, and started. So what they essentially did was like they took out the, because I was on biologics and it was working for me. I didn't have any pus coming from the area. They were like, you know what? Let's take out the seat and placement, um, which is like the little loop that I had said. Um, so they took that out and then recently it had flared up again. I built an abscess in the exact same spot. So they, I had to go do an incision and drain didn't work. Um, so then they kept me overnight, um, and had put the seat in back in. So again, unfortunately, medications don't always work and Mm -hmm. sometimes remission isn't years. Sometimes it's just months that you, you know, let's say have a couple of symptoms that aren't showing up every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, yeah, like lifestyle changes can help. But again, there's no cure for Crohn's disease. Yeah. So let's say you cut out um, dairy and gluten, you'd still be probably flaring because trigger foods are different for everyone with Crohn's. There's yeah. no diet that's going to help um, everyone. Unfortunately, it's more just like what your body can handle and listening to your body. So mm-hmm. for myself, um, I do not eat any dairy. Um, it just does not sit well with me. I go into really bad flares with dairy. So uh, that's one of those for me. And then I have just like random little trigger foods. The other day you were talking about popcorn. I love popcorn. There's no way that I could ever eat popcorn. <laughs> what? Uh, well, it's just, it's very high, hard to digest, just like dairy, right? There's certain uh, foods that true. like as humans yeah. are just so hard to digest anyways that like for mm-hmm. myself, it's just, it, it causes flares. It causes a lot of stomach cramping and mm, not ideal for me. Eat it. Yeah. So oh again, gosh. like it just diet depends on, on the person. Um, yeah lifestyle again depends on the person for exercise like I was 
I was going to the gym um, for the last like three months just because it was really helping me mentally. And I was finally like in a state where I was okay. Like I wasn't Mm going to go shit myself doing a fucking squat. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was excited uh, to go do all that. But unfortunately, um, with the surgery that I just got, I'm going to be taking some time off. But yeah, again, I think there's there's some things people do um, meditation, people do yoga. It's mm-hmm. all to just like calm the stress in your body because stress yeah. is, as you guys know, a huge yes. trigger for Crohn's, or for Crohn's, but also just chronic illness in general. Yeah. yeah and especially autoimmune disorders because yeah. we're all just like so fucking inflamed all the time. Exactly. <laughs> the inflammation is real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is. Oh, the nice thing, do have you tried have you tried meditation or yoga or any of those more yeah like what um, one do you like and what yeah, are some things like, like like some shit you've heard on the internet that yeah. drives you nuts we love hearing about that too <laughs> oh just like again diet is huge people just think that like I ate myself into Crohn's disease <laughs> and that I could just take away these certain things and that it would uh it would cure me <laughs> My mom for the longest time too, like I had to sit her down a couple of times, even my dad as well, and just say, there is no cure. Stop sending me things because this is my mom. I don't know if you even know this. My mom, my mom talked to your mom and was like, you're not helping Caitlin with your. Like, I'm going to fix you. That's what parents do. They're like, it's my baby. He wants to make sure they're okay. Yeah. She's doing it out of the kindness of her heart, but she doesn't understand that sometimes it is. um, It's hurtful too. It's hurtful. There's a lot of the times where, like I said, just family members and luckily they're so open-minded and they're okay with me talking and we move forward from it. But there was a lot of times like, where, like I said, I just, this is not going to cure me. The crazy lady on Instagram telling you that like turmeric is going to fucking cure me. It's not going to cure me. (laughs) I have Literally. a chronic illness that means I have it forever there is no yeah. cure as of now for Crohn's disease I think that that's like it's so hard because it's like I it sometimes is when you feel better like when you are in remission or you are doing really well you're like am I cured they're like oh she's cured and then yeah. if you do get a flare it's almost like did well, what did you do mm-hmm. it's like yeah. I didn't and honestly, I'm so I'm so sh- trying not to do that to myself. I actually said you something. Always blame yourself. I said something yeah. to my natural path literally this past week, and she stopped me and she was like, "You didn't do this to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you've done everything right. You are doing everything right. You've been doing all this good work. You're not going to always be." having good menstrual cycles because you have endometriosis and PCOS. Like it's, you have to remind you. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, yes. Okay. The last two months or whatever, you've been feeling like it's not as good as it was before. Cause now I keep putting myself like a higher standard. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, no, stop doing like, you're not helping yourself by doing that. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) It's like almost like a therapy session too. You're "You're right. It (laughs) is. It yeah, is. It's, it's like same way. Yeah. And then the very Especially... next day, I had an osteopath appointment. And she was. She says the same things. Like they're oh, at the same good. clinic. Actually, my my natural like my osteopath are cousins. My natural and my osteopath are cousins. It's so funny. It's, it's like, cute. So, that is it's super cute. Keeping in the fam. 
Yeah. And so she was saying the same thing to me. And she's like, actually, the last two months, your inflammation in your pelvic, because my pelvic floor is so tight, like the last couple of weeks. She was like, I know you're really uncomfortable. It's really tight. However, the inflammation, she's like, I can barely feel it anymore. She's like, where before it was like a push cushion, like you could always, the inflammation was like pushing her fingers back. If yep. she like touched anything in my hips or my pelvic like yeah, area, it's hard. Yeah. she's like, mm-hmm. it's like barely there anymore. So like, I know you're not feeling great right now and your pelvic floor is really tight. However, yeah. the inflammation is going away and that's probably why you're feeling it more because there's no in, there's not as much inflammation kind of masking it. Well, yeah, it's like exactly. a different it's kind of hard, pain right? too. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, okay. Yeah, I definitely um, have felt the same way, especially after um, this fistula coming back. I will say that like that is the major thing for me. I'll take and stomach aches are horrible, but I will take a stomach ache any day over a fistula because it's just so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. I've had fissures and hemorrhoids because of the chronic diarrhea and stuff. And I can't even imagine 10 times that would feel. (laughs) I can't. Um, Sitting is not fucking die. Sitting is even fun. Kill me now. Lay on my side and put me to bed. Yeah. Um, Like you must always need to be laying on your side. Like how does it feel with like your back and your hips too? Because like that's also terrible. Like sleeping. Are you even sleeping? (laughs) <laughs> um, not really for the first like two huh. weeks after, um, having surgery, I was not sleeping, but again, I was kicking myself in the ass going like, what did I do? What did I do? Was it the working out? You know, like what yeah. was it? Mm-hmm. And just you, kicking like, myself in the go to blame yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely understand that, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very uncomfortable for sure. So, um, definitely takes down the quality of life a lot, especially when like you're limping walking, you know, and people are like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, oh, like yeah. you're a young person. Like you're what? like I'm well, bleeding from my asshole. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. there is pus coming out of my ass, and I'm <laughs> not having hurts. I had <laughs> like, stumbled. I stumbled my way into the ER, and the nurse just looked at me, and she was just like, "Oh, you have uh, an abscess," and she's like, "I know where it is." <laughs> if I'm walking like there's something on my butt, it's because there is. For for Crohn's, um, is there anything that like you do to like when you're having a really bad flare, like what do you do to help yourself feel good? Um, I said yoga doesn't help. <laughs> well, because you don't want to move, like you just said. There's no, no you're like no, no energy, and there's no mm-hmm. way of doing that. Yeah. Um, for myself, I I listen to a lot of like Hertz, like five twenty eight Hertz for anxiety. Like I'll I'll just listen oh. to something like that to kind of calm myself down. I think that really helps. Um, and then just finding activities that you can do from bed. So I read a lot. Uh, that's huge for me. Uh, electric heating pad is is my best friend um bidets bidets are lovely because you know if you go yes. to the bathroom 10 times a day if you wipe seven thousand times that's gonna hurt especially with yeah. a fistula it's, it's in the way right like mm-hmm. so making and you want to make sure that area is clean so that's really uh huge as well like every day I have um gauze there still like I don't it's not packed but it's just kind of like sitting in between my butt cheeks because there's still pus that's coming out of the area 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's huge for me. Taking a lot of baths or like baths are my thing. I know Veronica, same, same to you. Baths are my thing. I fucking um, love a bath. I might have a bath today, actually, bath. to be honest with you. I have a bath almost every day. It's so I fucking great. love baths. Especially after the surgery. Like that's huge. They yeah. say like sits baths or I don't know if you guys yes. know that. Yeah, so sits baths are huge. No, they have me. them at shoppers and they're not that expensive. I clocked nope. one the other day. I, I was yeah. with Vic and I was like, yo, what is that? Is it like for your feet? She's like, no, it's like for your, like your butt. She's like, it's, it's good for your butt. For... It feels and really she's... good if you have yeah. hemorrhoids yeah. or fistulas. She also yeah. said she always tells the moms uh, when, because she's after. like a NICU oh, nurse, right? Yeah. She's like, yeah. yo, if you if you have, or like pull one on your registry or like go go get one if you if you can, because they're not, they're not cheap, but they're not overly no, expensive either. No, but they're not either. overly expensive. Yeah, she's like, I tell the moms all the time. Like go yep. get one. They it says on it like for for postpartum and um, yeah. for hemorrhoids is what it says on it. So so yeah, I think those are really great, especially when you don't want to like fully undress yourself, get into the bathtub. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. just yeah. perfect. Where you just kind of like you sit it on a toilet seat and it kind of just runs the water so that you're not getting like gross water. Yeah, um, runs the water and and you kind of just sit there and soak for a little bit to make sure that the area is clean, bring down any like swelling. And so sits baths are also my best friend. I always have to carry baby wipes everywhere because I feel like yeah, too, like after wipes. you have like hemorrhoids and fistula too, like toilet paper yeah. just doesn't work. It's like, oh my god, no, right no. <laughs> my dad was literally as soon as I got this this third fistula surgery, he was like, "I'm ordering you a bidet. It's coming to your house, and you're putting that on your toilet." And I was like, "Hell oh, yeah, <laughs> Uncle Barry to the yeah. rescue." <laughs> Thank God for Barry. Yeah, um, bidets so, yeah, like but... they slap. It feels so nice. They, they slap. Like, the cool I'm, air. I'm a different person. And I'm excited. Um, but yeah, baby wipes are a in the purse at all times. I have like a yep. little pouch that just has baby wipes, gauze, a uh, little bit of Tylenol, you know, whatever. Yeah. I need, so, and luckily, where I work, um, I, I work at a wellness center. There's actually a gym connected to it, um, and it's like an all women's gym. And uh, there's actually showers in there. So I'm like, you know what? If there's ever an emergency, yeah. I really gotta make sure my area is like clean, not baby wipe clean. Uh, I hop in there, which is lovely. <laughs> Do you find oh, really like good. your work environment is helpful with understanding and being a little bit more um, maybe empathetic towards? Yeah, you're a chiropractor what you're going through. Assistant, you said right? Yeah. Or, so at a wellness I, center. Yeah, I'm a chiropractic assistant at a wellness center, um, which is female owned, um, which makes a huge difference. It's wow. all females there, and I actually just started about five months ago there. So. They've been amazing. I told them like in interview process that I had Crohn's disease and they, again, didn't discriminate, still wanted to to hire me and have been very helpful um, because it's, I think that that's a huge thing that people need to talk about too, is like having chronic illness and working and, and yeah. telling people that you need to take the day off or, mm-hmm. you know, you're three months into a job, you're getting surgery that takes two weeks for you to heal from. It's like, yeah. that was so scary for me. And that was a lot of guilt and that's where I'm saying like the meditation the yoga don't always help with stuff like that because again my mind is just running on 10 different things you know yeah, like there's yeah. 20, 20 tabs open and I'm <laughs> there's a sense of like guilt with mm. chronic illness it's mm-hmm. it's always. huge and I think that that's where like again therapy probably you know is so helpful um I've done group therapy before but it, it wasn't for me so I'm looking into kind of like one-on-one but I think that mm, um, yeah. is where you would let go of that guilt right because there's just a lot that comes with it but yeah, they, yeah. they've been amazing. And I can't say that about every job I've had since I was diagnosed, but um, they, they've been very amazing. 
I, I'm sure it does make a difference. The fact that you are hired by like a, a woman only workplace, because yeah. there are so yeah. many women that have that does allied illness. health. Like yeah, a and huge do part of your yeah. client base yeah. is people with different chronic illnesses. Yeah. So they exactly. get it. If they didn't get it, they'd probably be a pretty shitty clinic. Yeah. Yeah, Right? Like, think about it. Like, if they didn't get it, I'm sure people wouldn't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so many people are off work because of chronic illness and things like that. And Mm -hmm. it is really important to disclose your chronic illness, too, and and be heard when you're at a workplace. Because you do have to take time off. Like, I probably use more sick time than, like, anybody in my organization. (laughs) I don't doubt it I always have because like sometimes like you just feel like absolute shit and like you can't work and like I I could never I know now to either like accept a job where I don't have paid sick time because I'm off so much because Mm -hmm. of things that happen I actually don't have paid sick time which is where a lot of that stress comes in um and you're still paying for some of your medication and paying for your mm -hmm. benefits Mm-hmm. So that almost like puts you in a spot too. And I think that people need to talk about that more is that like being in your 20s and not being where you thought you would be and changing, let's say your your life goals or, you know, yeah. what your dreams were, because that's just not realistic for you anymore. Like I never ended up going into my field because of all the pandemic stuff. And I'm still not comfortable because there's so many outbreaks there and being immunocompromised. Like I'm just I'm still not comfortable to do something like that. So again, yeah. I had to change my path. I had to, I had to do things differently. And again, if I wasn't feeling supported, like I've left three jobs in the last three years because I just didn't feel supported and didn't feel like they were helping me when I was sick. So mm-hmm. I think you that's need super to have important. That. You can't work. Yeah. You can't work somewhere that doesn't support you because yeah, just make you more sick, but it's like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty shitty because sometimes I think that you have to like choose over your health or like making yeah, money and- too. Yeah. <laughs> And thank God I have amazing parents who, who helped me. They actually um, paid my rent this month because I couldn't. Because you had to be off because of your surgery. Exactly. So again, like, thank God for, for the support systems that I have, because I couldn't imagine uh, living with chronic illness without having a good support system. But again, like money is the root of all evil and money is super stressful. So it's unfortunate that we have to take so much time off of work. Um, But again, having someone that understands is, is very different and and so great. I had actually um, my office manager come up to me. This was before surgery. And she was just like, hey, like, I ended up researching like fistulas and Crohn's and like I researched your disease. And like, I just want to say I'm so sorry. And like, if there's anything I could do. And like, I think that's so crazy and and amazing that someone would take the time to go research and then come back to you and say, hey, like, yeah, you know, I did some research. I didn't know because a lot of people don't know what Crohn's is. I didn't fucking know what Crohn's was before I had Crohn's disease like Mm -hmm. a lot of the times people think and this is the huge stigma around it that I'm just pooping and that's all that I do (laughs) yeah it's like oh you eat and you poop you eat something and then you poop it out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah when I worked at Harvey's actually I had a coworker that had Crohn's and we all just thought like this guy just goes to the bathroom a lot like that's what Crohn's is you just you poop more than normal and that's all it is it's like oh my god it affects so much so so much Yeah, it's so much, so much more. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm wondering if and in like if you don't feel comfortable answering this, you don't have to, Caitlin, but has any of this affected your 
like sense of self or your body image. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Especially um, with the fistulas. Again, that's like a huge body image thing. Um, mm-hmm. The gaining of the weight, like I'm, I'm still overweight right now because of it, unfortunately. Um, and just like, I have stretch marks on my tummy because of being so inflamed and so bloated and gaining weight and losing it so quickly. Yeah, I have, I started having that too recent. I've noticed that in the last like year and a half and I'm like, oh, it's because, you know, a a few days every month I'm swelling Swelling. like double my size. And then within two, three days, it's going away. Exactly. So you have no choice but to have, yeah, you have no choice but to have the stretch marks, unfortunately, because your, your body is just going from one to another so quickly. Um, but yeah, especially with the fistulas, again, huge body image issues. Well, you don't feel very I, sexy. That's for sure. Like no. you're not putting on your cutest pair of underwear when your ass is like on not. fire. Songs like, are fuck. a no-go for me now. I refuse <laughs> yeah. to wear them. <laughs> it is uh, boy short underwear until I die. Look yeah. at my panty lines all you want, guys. I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I was um, first diagnosed and was going through all this, I uh, had an amazing boyfriend at the time and he he made me feel sexy, which is amazing, but I didn't feel that way about myself. So someone mm-hmm. could say that to me all day long, but I felt embarrassed. I felt uncomfortable. Um, we went without sex for a very long time because you can't yeah. have sex yeah. with that. And also you don't feel comfortable or sexy enough to do that. So um, that was huge. Rupture that or like chance. move something, right? That's what it is. So it's like dislodging of the, the season placement. Um, so you don't want to kind of mess around with that. So again, mm-hmm. he was very understanding, but I know, you know, some past boyfriends that I would have had in this situation would not be like that. So mm-hmm. luckily I had a really good supportive partner at the time. And, um, but yeah, again, of course, super crazy body issues. There's a piece of gauze in my butt that I need to remove before having sex. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not, you don't not feel feeling super the greatest. Sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's different for sure. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing so much stuff. Yeah. I can't even imagine you're like so yeah, you're definitely super strong, like just going through it mm-hmm. and like pushing through, still working and just like laughing about it and everything too. And obviously, like you said, like you're two years in the diagnosis and it'd be kind of cool to like check back and see like where you're at in like six months after you've yeah. like kind of, yeah, just been going through it, moving through the waves. Yeah. Cause it definitely yeah, does help after a few years. Yeah. It's true. It gets better. Right. And that's why, like, I, I just mm-hmm. keep saying to you guys, like I'm only two years in, I'm still mm-hmm. giving myself the grace of being two years in. I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah there's still so much to it. Um, again, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And the reality to having chronic illness is that especially with no cure, like, you're probably going to get worse. And that's what is happening to me, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like you even said, you can develop Crohn's disease with celiac, I can develop cancer from Crohn's, like there's so much that can manifest from the disease. Yeah, again, it, it all it weighs on you, right? So yeah, you're yeah. like constantly mm-hmm. scared. Like I'm terrified that my kids will have celiac and then I'm terrified also that like yep. I will end up with Crohn's probably like after I have children and things like that yep. because of like it's pretty common. So it's mm-hmm. like oh well, and man. then you're like on some of these medications and like the biologic I'm taking like can also give you cancer. So it's just like it's crazy mm-hmm. that it, cancer can come from so many different avenues. Yeah. So and you end up trading like symptoms for side effects you know so yeah 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 that's what you end up doing for sure with the medications 
And it's like freaking expensive too, just <laughs> to be chronically yeah. ill. Like really not is. even like the prescription shit, but like the time you take off work or like the time yeah. like where you're just like buying new stuff all the time just to like try and make yourself feel better. Like the yo yo yeah. with your weight. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Like buying yeah, like treat myself tea. constantly. Yeah. Treat yourself constantly. Yeah. That too. We have yeah. to do that. You we have can't to. feel bad about that shit. It's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like a little treat when I go to the doctor's office, but I'm going like, you know, five times a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You need to, though. Not a treat anymore. Do it's, I think it's interesting that both of our chronic illnesses, they're, they're obviously different. They're different things, but they're both the only thing that they know is that they're genetically passed down. Yeah. I Do you know of anyone in our family who also has Crohn's? Yes. Um, not Ooh. on, not on my mom's side, on my dad's oh, side. Oh, cause I yeah, was racking my family. brain. I was no. like, who else? It's gotta be my on from your dad. Yeah. Um, I honestly think my dad also has Crohn's disease, but he is one of those males that refuses to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is. So yeah, that's just it. So uh, I also think he has it. I, uh, my grandmother, they passed away. My father's a little bit older than my mother. So my mm-hmm. uh, grandparents passed away when I was like five. My grandfather was like 93 and my grandmother was like 87. Um, and they had passed away. So I didn't really know much about them. But my dad thinks that she, my grandma had ulcerative colitis. Okay. Um, and he was a little bit unsure because again, with ulcerative colitis, sometimes you can get the piece, re- like the piece of the intestine removed. And then somewhat live a, a normal life, let's say, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but uh, my cousin on my dad's side has Crohn's disease. She got diagnosed uh, after children. So I think she was like in her 30s when she had got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've talked to her a couple of times. Um, unfortunately, we don't, just as anyone with Crohn's, like we don't have the same story. She doesn't have like perianal disease with the Crohn's. Mm-hmm. And again, like she got diagnosed after children. So I think that's that's very different as well. Um, yeah. Again, to be in your 20s versus let's say your 30s or 40s getting diagnosed because uh, mm-hmm. it takes a- away a lot of like the 20 year old experiences that a lot of people have. Yeah. Like yeah, for sure. I don't know. You're growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. Um, with both Crohn's and colitis, sometimes people end up getting the colostomy bag. Is that? Yeah um more typical treatment for colitis or because it's like so in the intestine or is it like for both so I don't again I'm not a doctor so I don't know much much about that but I have seen a lot of um females on on TikTok and Instagram yeah yeah yeah. so I see a lot of females on on Instagram saying that they do have Crohn's disease and they have the bag Mm -hmm. um I was told even for myself like in order to fully put like, again, I'm going to talk to my uh, gastroenterologist um, in a little bit, but he'll probably tell me this again, is that the only way for me to fully be in remission of the perianal part of my disease would be to sew the anus shut and give me a bag. Because that allows the area, like sometimes the bag can be permanent and sometimes um, it's just um, kind of there for like a couple of months for you to allow the area to heal, let's say. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So like, I know that that's been kind of talked about with me, but again, everything's very new to me. I've only had a, a handful of doctor's appointments with like specialists. Yeah. Um, a girl so, like, I went I to high school with had Crohn's and she has the bag now after she had a kid. Does, eh? 
Yeah. And then she, she also does volunteering for Cones and Colitis Canada, just like you do. And then my tattoo artist in Kingston, he had a lost me bag and he also, uh, he had colitis. Okay. So yeah, I I don't know the difference between um, like who would get it in that situation, but I think it just just assume where it is the most, right? Like if it's happening in like, yeah, your perianum or your anus area, then that makes sense to like, kind of like seal the doors and like wait for shit yeah, to heal allow, yeah allow yeah. to heal because again like if you have something in that area and you're going to the bathroom five to ten times a day oh my goodness like yeah you know, like nothing's you know, healing you're just aggravating yeah you're not doing anything for it you're just aggravating it and mm-hmm. um especially with the fistulas too like if you're going to the bathroom a lot what's happening is that it's creating more infection right because yeah. the two body parts are connected so yeah. technically poop is going through and it's coming out as an infection right because your body is uh is doing that. So yeah. Mm. I have one last question for you and then we're going to play a game. Game. Okay. My last (laughs) question is what would you tell in just a couple of words, what would you tell someone listening who either thinks they may have IBD or was recently diagnosed what would you tell someone just in a couple words yeah I would say if uh you are suspecting that you have IBD I would say to advocate for yourself until you're blue in the face I don't care how young you are um it's very important and not to be embarrassed of your symptoms because for a long time uh the rectal bleeding for me was just um something I wanted to push to the side because I was very embarrassed to talk about it so kind of just pushing that aside because you need to to get the help and then recently diagnosed, I would just say, um, find, find your community. Uh, there's girls, uh, girls with guts. There's uh, Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Just, just go on these platforms and uh, try and find your community. When I was first diagnosed, uh, they had a program uh, that sent like, kind of like just little love letters to, to people oh. that were recently diagnosed. And they also um, connect you Amazing. with like a one-on-one, um, someone that has Crohn's disease with someone that's recent, recently diagnosed and they stick you guys together and you guys can chat via Zoom, uh, emails, any way you're, you're comfortable talking. So again, I would just find your community and advocate for yourself for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's really things. great. I didn't yeah. know great about, I didn't know about that connection. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. really helpful to be able to talk to somebody who's been living with a diagnosis for a while when you're like brand new. Yeah. So and when you questions. have questions. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be so specific, like when you fill out their form, you can be specific on like whether you want a female, what age you want them to be, what kind of issues you are specifically dealing with with Crohn's that you would like yeah. to talk about. And they'll that, try and I think it's you. clutch, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it helped sick. me so much when I was first diagnosed. I got so many letters and they're just in like a keepsake box. And Aww. it just, it really, it really uplifted me to to have the females reach out to me. Yeah, and now you're like really able to be open about your diagnosis and like no oh yeah if you would have talked to me here today (laughs) yeah if you would have talked to me let's say like a year ago oh my goodness no way I would have told you half the information I just laid out (laughs) (laughs) like I wouldn't have talked about my butt for a whole hour (laughs) 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 well we appreciate it yeah we we, Um, we really do and I hope you didn't feel guilty to do this just because we're related (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely not I'm so so thankful that you asked me yeah it was great we haven't had anybody talk about IBD uh, on our episode so we definitely 
excited to have you on and talk about all of this and like, yeah, you're just being really like super vulnerable and sharing all, all the shit that you've been through and yeah. are going through. So all appreciate it a lot. <laughs> yeah, no so, problem. Thanks. So girl. now we're going to lighten the mood before we let you go. Mm-hmm. Play a quick little game with you. Yeah. And we've played this version of our game before with um, Tammy and Leah from Endometriosis Events. And they, they really took the desert island to a whole other level. So <laughs> We're going to play a Crohn's Desert Island with you. And I'm going to set some parameters because based off of what they told me last time, I have all their questions. So let's pretend that you are stranded on a desert island and you can only take three things with you for your Crohn's. Not inclusive of your medication, okay? Your medication okay. is included. Yeah, that's a given. Okay. Yeah, because that's a given. Like, we don't want you. you need that. Yeah, you're not going to die on the desert island. Okay. Thank you. Like, there are. And you're kind of like in a trailer with running water. Yeah, there is some basic amenities. Okay, mini you kitchen. Don't, you don't okay. need to bring the kettle. The kettle doesn't yeah. need to okay. be an item. Your tea bag could be, but the kettle and running yeah. clean water is, is given. So yeah. what, what three things would you take? And why? I would definitely have to take the sits bath. If you're okay. saying I have running water, the sits bath is essential for the fistula yeah. grill use. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say a good book. Cause again, I love to, when I am not feeling my life that much, I love to escape into someone else's life. So I would say a good book and Let's hope there's a, a plug-in, I would say, my heating pad because the yeah. inflammation is real and the heat is the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> With the meds. Yeah, the of meds. course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Good book, the sits bath, and heating um, pad. your heating pad. pad. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. Those make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You've got some practical, but also some indulgent, That's self-care, you indulge. inclusive. You got it all. Yeah. Yep. Those are great. Well, thank you again for coming on and sharing you. with us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Um, if people are looking in Canada specifically of a best place to go, you've mentioned a few places. So would you suggest the Crohn's and Colitis Canada is a good place for people to get maybe some more information if they're they're wondering about some symptoms or some different areas and what it could look like in their own body? Yeah, I would definitely say Crohn's and colitis is uh, a huge uh, place for information. And uh, they do have specific kind of pockets. So like in Sudbury, they have like a get gutsy Sudbury. And Mm -hmm. uh, that also gives a lot of like local information on what you can do and and the community that you can kind of connect to. So I would say Crohn's and colitis Canada is like a kind of umbrella for finding everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're get gutsy Canada on Instagram. Exactly. So like, and I said, what was the other one? Little... Babes, IBD babes or no. So, um, girls with guts, it girls is with guts. In U- I think <laughs> it's in the U S though, but <laughs> I'm going to start a new thing. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, girls with guts, they're on Instagram. Uh, but like I said, I believe they run out of the United States, but still a lot of good information. They actually sent me a, I got a go card, which is like a little card that I keep inside of my, um, wallet that if I really need to go to the bathroom and there is a lineup, I'm flashing that card and I'm button in line. <laughs> nice. That's or, sick. Places, or places that say like you have to buy something to use the yeah. washroom. Again, it's it's a very good card. I've, I've used it a couple of times. So I would say that uh, that's a good thing to grab from them as well. So they do help Canadians as well. It just oh. depends. Yeah. Hey, 
I love that. And Caitlin actually um, wrote a blog post for the PIP blog a, f- a few mm-hmm. months ago. So we will relink that too and kind of have it as like a repost and bring it back to the top of the page for people to find and read a little bit more about your story from your own words. Mm-hmm. So thank you to my cousin Caitlin for coming yeah, on. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> so it. That's a wrap from us at PIP. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the socials at the PIP Podcast at Periods and Pain. Also, don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts every Sunday at periodsandpain.ca. Until next time, keep pipping. The PIP Podcast is a division of Periods and Pain. The PIP Podcast is produced and edited by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson. Social media by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson.